0: We are talking about, in this hour, the narrative used by GOP uh, elected officials, by some in the base, and definitely in the uh, media that supports many of the right-wing uh, you know, elected officials and extremists that we see in the GOP party. Uh, Dr. Guadalupe Cabrera is here. She's a professor of policy and government at George Mason University. Ah, uh, thank you for joining uh, me, Dr. Cabrera. I want to start by just asking you, what is the real situation at the southern border? Because we hear this narrative uh, that's disseminated by Republicans about you know the borders being wide open and Joe Biden's uh, you know immigration policies are so lax, uh, as if literally there aren't any policies, and that there is a crisis at the border. And we see they use that to campaign on. They use that to uh, whip up fear in their base, and uh, oftentimes many of these statements are false. So, uh, give us a you know a, a synopsis of what is actually happening uh, at the border.
1: Absolutely, I mean this narrative that has been manufactured. Because when I talk about manufactured, uh, it's because the situation that's being described by. Politicians um, that are connected with the Republican Party mainly, uh, saying that we have open borders, uh, the catch and release policy, and the fact that this administration has a policy to accept everybody. And this, I mean, and this represents a threat and uh, for this uh, for this nation, and that this is a risk for national security that drugs people and terrorism, because also they are connecting what is happening in the Middle East with the border. This is not only about immigration. They are, and this is not new either. So we have to understand that this is historical, that in the past two decades, uh, particularly since, well, more than two decades, this is the 1990s, Operation Gatekeeper and Operation Holder Line took place in 1994 because of this narrative, you know, putting attention on uh, irregular, undocumented, and at that time, so-called illegal immigration um, that was putting, you know, uh, that was putting a stress on, on the United States economy. When that's not either true, uh, undocumented migrants, owned skilled labor coming from Mexico, from Central America, from other countries uh, of the developing world, of the global South are needed in the the United States. Anyway, in the 1990s, that was a very important strategy. First of the Republican party in the state of California. And that was um, reproduced by Bill Clinton at the same time in the 1990s, 1994, Um, you know, to, I mean, to contrast and to, I mean, really to, I mean, because they they saw that the Republicans were very successful in the state of California. So Bill Clinton um, had this, I mean, reproduced a narrative, but at the same time, the Republicans understood that this was very profitable as an electoral platform. And in September, I mean, in, in 2001, after September 11, and the years after that, the war on terror, first immigration, the terrorism connected with immigration. And after that, the violence that Mexico led because of the Merida Initiative, drug trafficking and drug violence that was taking place in Mexico was connected with one thing. A human being coming from the, from the southern water, from different places of the south of the continent, particularly Mexico first, then Central America, that represented all fears of, of Americans. A person that was going to, to steal the jobs, a terrorist, um, a person that was linked to a terrorist group, and a person that was bringing with him or her drugs. In a backpack or with him or her, which is something that is connected with enforcing the border or focusing on the border. And that reached a, I mean, that was not new, and it was it was connected, and several voices were mentioning it, and particularly the Republican Party. They run with that a platform. However, in you know, very recently, year 2016. The campaign Donald Trump in the primary and build a wall connecting this fear with the necessity of building a wall. So mm. who is coming from the southern border? Then a Mexican, a Mexican that represented everything, a threatened to take the jobs from American people, <laughs> Um, a person connected with the cartels, a person who was bringing drugs and violence to the United States. And it was just mm. so successful. That was the first time that Mexico, at the border, occupied a central place in the narrative of a politician at the national level. 2016 It was so profitable, that campaign. That, what, that campaign was reproduced by what I now call Trumpism, with or without Trump. Uh, The mainstream of the Republican Party is connected with that idea that there is a need to build a wall to focus on the border, to deal with everything that Americans fear, which has to do with their jobs, with the with the fact that the United States economy has not done well, that the American dream is over. And it has to do with uh, with undocumented, irregular immigration that's not true. Technology and a model that has benefited an elite, that has has been put and who is supposedly the the person to fear? An immigrant that's going to bring drugs, that's going to bring violence and that's going to be terror to the American people. First of all, terrorism and today also the the main members of the Republican Party, um, presidential candidates and the key leaders are talking about Hamas being linked to the Mexican Mm -hmm. cartels. And not only that, all of this is connected. It's not only about immigration. It's about focusing on the border, declaring a war on cartels, intervening militarily in Mexico, because Mexicans cannot deal with the bad hombres. Trump did the same thing during the campaign and during his presidency, and it really generated fear among his base of support, and that gener- that was very profitable, and maintained this base of support that, that stays there because of fear. So today, this has been reproduced by the governor of Texas, for example, the governor of Florida. They're mm-hmm. talking about um, states or cities that they consider free. For undocumented or irregular migrants, sanctuary cities, which are, I mean, which is an idea that people believe that are places where immigration laws are not are, are, are not existent. And that is not true. And another thing is that immigration is a federal issue. Mm-hmm. And governors of states or local or state authorities do not have to deal with that. There is a process for asylum seekers to enter to the United States. Of course, the Biden administration has put in place different policies to make undocumented immigration more organized through, I mean, different policies. They have maintained policies until a time that they are not needed. For example, the Migration Protection Protocols of of the Trump administration at some point I mean that was eliminated, and that was uh, I mean that was a process that went through the courts. The same thing with Title Forty Two. Title Forty Two ended in April of this year, and then CP One, which is an, a, an application that uh, makes the process of applying for asylum more organized, and people now can enter through the through the through the formal um, uh, checkpoints, and they apply for asylum. Applying for asylum in this uni- in the United States is legal. It's
0: not right. Let me, let me say for a minute, uh, Professor Cabrera, and as you at the heart of this, is this just plain old racism? Uh, you know, this this uh, stoking of fears this painting these individuals as drug dealers, as murderers, as thieves, as violent. Uh, you know, what what's underneath this? There has to be something that's motivating this, because I, I was looking at a poll that said, uh, 78% of Republicans are likely to see immigration as a threat to U.S. interests as opposed to only 19% of Democrats. And I, I'm not suggesting that, you know, Republicans, uh, I don't know, you know, if you're gonna use the word racism, I'm sure there they're racism. There's racism in the Democratic Party, there are races in the Democratic Party, just like the Republican Party. But what is underneath this and why does the painting of these people as criminals resonate so much with republicans
1: there's somewhat of xenophobia racism and uh, you know these the play of these sentiments it's like utilizing the sentiments to generate fear it's the politics of fear that in the right but but
0: why why does it generate fear and 78 percent of republicans but night, but only nineteen percent of Democrats. So that means eighty percent of Democrats are like, "Oh, that's we're we're not thinking about that. That's not real. We're not afraid when we hear it." Because that's
1: the 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 narrative, the political, the electoral platform is based on that. Is based on a fear of. The other coming from the South, a person that is brown, that comes from Mexico, from Central America, from other countries of different parts of the the global South, even the African continent coming from Mexico. Because this is this is a way that because there's there are no legal pathways, but it's 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 playing with all the fears of of Americans incorporating this xenophobia and racism of of. A political class, an electoral base, that where where prejudice, racism, and sentiments have been connected through a number of messages. It's very complex and psychological. The way that 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 election, um, you know, uh, the the ones that make this as a as a, as, a, as a as an electoral platform, those that play with this are have been very savvy to play with all the fears. But in the in the back of this, I am I am totally sure that that has to do with racism. And we can talk about this later on, because there are uh, some some elements where people coming from other parts of the world have not received. Yeah, I was going to ask racism. you, what about
0: like, you know, Ukrainians uh, and well, you know people, Russians and others that aren't brown, don't have brown skin, uh, do we see that same kind of uh, those same kinds of attacks and characterizations of those individuals, even, you know, people come in the country from Asian uh, companies, uh, countries from European countries, uh, we have not heard, again, the same types of vitriol. And there doesn't seem to even be the same level of focus on those immigrants that come into the US as we focus on those that are coming from uh you know places like Mexico and Central America when we come forward want to talk about this notion again that somehow this isn't about racism it's about our security and it's about preserving our jobs uh stay with us KBLA Talk 1580 You're listening to Ariva Martin in real time on KBLA Talk
1: 1580 80, 80, 80, 80
0: we are back and in this hour we're talking to Dr. Gordy, uh, Guadalupe Cabrera. She's a professor of policy and government at George Mason University. And we're talking about this false narrative that has been pushed for decades by the GOP about the border, how they uh malign and characterize uh, in- individuals coming across our border as murderers, as rapists, as violent Thugs and uh, Professor Cabrera, we don't see those same characterizations used when we're talking about European and other immigrants. Uh, so speak to that, and also this this notion that somehow uh, you know it, it's the immigrant population that's taking these great jobs away from Americans, which I always find to be just laughable because uh, you, right now uh, most American companies can't find enough workers. There's a a worker shortage. If you talk to folks, whether you're in the fast food industry, the, you know, the uh, the trucking business or whatever, the construction business, there is a shortage. So how did this narrative take root that somehow uh, jobs are being threatened by uh, immigrants coming into this country?
1: Right, thank you. Um, Yes, definitely. Let's start with the first question about the differentiated treatment of people coming from developing nations of this uh, hemisphere, particularly those from poor countries, from Mexico, from Central Central American countries, Venezuela, and other countries that are considered inferior probably. If we compare them, to people from richer countries white that are white, like people from Ukraine or people from Russia, for example. Uh, you know, the the war in Ukraine has. Uh, pushed the United States government to have a a different treatment and a different policy towards asylum seekers from Ukraine but what happened with Russians during the exceptions of title 42 for example and this was a very interesting there was a very interesting uh, story by the Associated Press signed by Elliot Spaggt on December 16 2022 last year late last year and there was not an I mean there was no reason or there was nothing that that uh, allowed us to understand the criteria the 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 story was titled russians find asylum lifeline to united states but at a high price which means that um you know the reporter didn't find why more russians than any other nationality at that time when he did their reporting russians were entering as part of the exceptions and we don't know but are the criteria, what were the criteria then to accept Russians and any other nationalities? And that what came uh, absolutely at a high price for them, too, because they had to pay uh, migrant smugglers, uh, hotels and other infrastructure at the border at the same time. But they knew that they were going to get in. And I we don't know why. Uh, you know, they were they were allowed to get in as an exception to Title Forty Two. So, I think that the, I mean, racism is not just something that you know pertains to one party, but it has been used more by the Republican Party and people from Europe or from rich countries or from rich Asian countries are not treated equally because poverty and the color of skin of people is just something that sometimes makes authorities and electorals to criminalize them, to present them as something that threatens the United States. When in reality, jobs are needed in different unskilled labor is needed in this country. There are no um, legal pathways, comprehensive immigration reform has not been passed. It's a it, it's a need of the United States. There has been that uh, there have been a number of bipartisan efforts to fix the broken immigration system because the words I mean the jobs are here. This right. country needs uh, people to work and. American citizens are not willing to perform many of the activities that unskilled workers coming from south of the border, from Mexico, from Central America, Haiti, Cuba, uh, Bolivia, Ecuador, Colombia, Venezuela will do. They will do whatever they will. um, you,
0: You mentioned Venezuelans. We see now that, again, many of the images of New York City, and some of these other cities like Chicago, uh, you know, where we're now hearing in Chicago, there's a crisis, the weather's turning cold, there's not enough shelters, there's not enough beds. And there's this, you know, the city mayor as Chicago and New York said, you know, that the Venezuelan uh, immigrants coming uh, into their cities is, is overwhelming their city systems, their school districts, their uh, social service systems. Uh, what, how does that, those images that we're seeing and seeing those mayors uh, talk about the crisis and blaming the Biden administration, blaming Congress, uh, how does that play into this narrative that there is a crisis at the border?
1: Well, that's the created uh, crisis. That's a manufactured crisis. This is all a spectacle. We know that a number of these people try to enter through Texas and the Texas governor of, or, the, or the governor of Florida, they're busing. People from where they entered, when they enter through Texas, they are busing them to Los Angeles, for example, to New York. We know that this is manufactured. So you kind of like make these spaces are very crowded, and you take a photograph, of course. But this is just temporary. What well, piece- New York? But the New York mayor says there are a
0: hundred thousand plus additional people in the city. They have a, a right to shelter law, and that makes it mandatory that they provide some some housing some shelter for these individuals and he says it's straining is breaking the budget
1: of the cities you're saying that's manufactured that's manufactured by their republican governors they are busing migrants for when they are entering to these cities that they call like like but uh, wait a minute so
0: if they weren't bused to new york there'd be a hundred thousand people in texas or florida so wouldn't
1: they have the same issue they would go to where they have to go where their families are they would be in houston they would be in 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 florida in ohio they all have their networks they go where the jobs are but they are boss so they are creating the perception that there is a crisis and they are all processed they need to be processed into the system and meanwhile they find a job they connect with their families it looks like a city set crisis, but it's manufactured. It's only visual, and it's just temporary, because these people are going to work. They're not going to stay asking for money. They're going to give. They're going to make America great. They have made America great. But this is just a an electoral way to, to look as if there is, I mean, to, to create the image that there is a crisis, that there is an invasion, that there is a humanitarian. But they, when they talk about humanitarian crisis at the border, they talk about poor people being a threat to national security of the United States and to the capacity of these cities. But these people are not going directly to, to, I mean, to look for shelter at New York, for example, or at Chicago or Los Angeles. They are taken there with this idea that these cities need to have them because they are sanctuary cities. And I don't understand the, 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 the understanding that these people are needed where the immigration laws are not I mean, I follow their path. It's not that that this citizen sanctuary for undocumented immigration. It's just that there is a path that needs to be followed. If people are coming to the United States applying for asylum, and applying for asylum in the United States is legal, well, there needs to be a process. And of course, immigration and asylum system is broken. There are not enough judges, there are not there is not enough capacity of asylum system to process very rapidly the people because there has not been the spending of this. And it's it has been the, I mean, the responsibility of Republican and Democratic administrations. It's not, it's not something that has to do with Joe Biden, but it's very easy to deal with this or to treat this as a way to attract voters during particular times, uh, I mean, ele- I mean, in electoral times in the United States, and this is going to be very complicated next year because it's the year of elections. General- you know,
0: and when we come forward, I want to talk about, uh, you know, how Democrats should counter this narrative and what is the fix to our broken, if, if you believe it's broken, immigration uh, system. And what about these claims that Hamas terrorists are sneaking into the country Uh, through the southern border, and Donald Trump and other Republican uh, nominees for president are saying they want to shut the border, they want to have loyalty tests, they they want to, uh, you know, prevent these alleged Hamas terrorists from entering the country uh, through the southern border. When we come forward, KBLA Talk 1580. All right, Professor uh, Cabrera, you are right. We're headed into this election uh, season. Next year is going to be a presidential election, the House election, Senate election. So, this issue of the border crisis, the manufactured crisis, is going to be front and center uh, as the campaign platform we know for many, if not all, of the GOP candidates. So, how does the Democratic Party, uh, the Only 19% believe that there is some kind of border crisis, according to this one poll. How do they
1: combat this false narrative? With information and also denouncing misinformation. These ideas that that are not based on evidence, such as the fact that um, irregular undocumented migrants are stealing the jobs of Americans and the border is open. I believe that not. I mean, information is extremely important and misinformation can only be fought against with the truth. The truth is important and a campaign of information and education of what is really happening at the border. I mean, what is happening in the US economy? What to fear and what not? The politics of fear are politics that are based on propaganda and misinformation. Misinformation is only uh, dealt with by the truth. Another oh, thing let that me is, ask you this
0: too, so if you had a magic wand, what would you do? Uh, you said Democrats haven't gotten it right. we know Republicans uh, haven't gotten it right, haven't even wanted to address uh, legislation around immigration what what's the the
1: fix here? Well, there are many ways no no, no there are many ways there have there and I mentioned that before comprehensive immigration reform, and that's not something that we need to find a new solution. There has been bipartisan efforts, comprehensive immigration reform, three decades ago, Uh, the first, I mean, the the, the first attempts to do this, and the Republican, members of the Republican Party, Kennedy-McCain proposal, the proposal by Barack Obama, the Senate proposal in 2013, I mean, this is, Dealing with the needs of jobs, temporary visas, um, focusing on employers. If you don't want undocumented migrants, you focus on employers because employers are also committing illegal. I mean, they're they are doing an Ill- illegal activity, but they benefit from 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 paying lower um, salaries, and they benefit also from uh, not providing their workers with with the benefits that that. That they that they deserve, right? So I mean, it's a win-win situation for the U.S. economy and comprehensive immigration reform. Take that into account, and unfortunately, there has not been a commitment um, and and the possibility that, that the legislator this this big, this comes forward a big campaign to convince the American public to deal with these in a legal way. Comprehensive immigration reform is crucial. Unfortunately. Um, There has not been the compromise. Do
0: you think there should be some number, some, you know, limits that are set? Like every year we should only allow X number of people into this country. Or is that, again, an artificial way to address this issue?
1: Uh, If you read or you analyze the proposals to deal with this or to um, fix the broken immigration system, you will know that what are the needs of the US economy? This can be calculated easily. Where do we need workers? So we have to, I mean, you have to to widen, we have to increase the number of people, the quotas or the number of visas and provide more temporary visas so people can go back and forth. Temporary visas are important. If not, you're gonna have, you know, a number of people that are here and this is what is happening. You know, people are gonna find the way if, if you just close a border, if you just place a wall, people are going to come because they are going to be employed. And the employers are the ones that need the workers. This is all a spectacle. And this is all benefiting big capital. This is all benefiting those that can pay lower salaries. Everybody benefits from it You know, it's interesting.
0: I want to tell you something that I read not too long ago. Uh, a restaurant chain in Florida owned by a very successful a restauranteer who was a big supporter of Ron DeSantis, Governor Ron DeSantis, he had his restaurants raided and 19 or so of his employees were deported or detained. He had to pay a huge fine. And because of that, it really wreaked havoc on his restaurant operations. One of these individuals had been with him for years, was a trusted confidant. And it really caused him to change his position and to start to uh, soften on his support of of Governor DeSantis started to soften. So to your point that there are some of the same corporate entities that are hiring uh, people who are undocumented and are benefiting from their labor are often the ones supporting financially Candidates like Ron DeSantis, who are the biggest uh, advocates for these so-called, you know, walls or stricter immigration policy. So there, there's a lot of irony and hypocrisy there hypocrisy. because this big restaurant chain making, as you said, millions of dollars now can't operate without these people uh, that were the dishwashers, the busboys, these doing these, you know, non-skilled labor jobs. Uh, right. And he had been the biggest donor as as Ron DeSantis, you know, was making his political career talking tough on immigration.
1: Absolutely. Because this is all I mean, this hypocrisy has to do with, with economic incentives. I mean, they benefit very much by hiring people that are vulnerable, that would say, um, you know, I I would accept a very low salary no benefits and you send i mean uh, the government can send eyes to i mean in the, the raids that would focus on on the older people that have already provided and given the best years of their of their life to the united states so this is very convenient but once they are uh you know punished in a way to hire undocumented migrants when they need that 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 labor force unskilled labor when they need that and if they see that You know, affecting their economic interests, this is when they are going to say, yes, we need a comprehensive immigration reform. We're not going to be so hypocritical um, to, um, I mean, to further or to, I mean, you know, support candidates that would support building walls and not providing legal pathways because now it's convenient for them. It's convenient for them to do that.
0: You know, I was in New York recently, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it's, it's almost funny because if you're out in central park or you're out on the upper west side there are all of these black and brown people uh women with accents obviously not you know english isn't their first language and they're pushing these super expensive baby carriages with white kids in them so these white mothers and families are hiring these uh you know immigrant foreign uh born i don't know you know if they all born in america or not but you know they obviously are not uh english is not their first language cuz i've heard many of them talk and they are the nannies they are the babysitters they're out strolling in central park uh and these are the same women that oftentimes their husbands in these big corporations are you know railing against and supporting candidates like DeSantis and like the governor of Texas uh, and governor of Georgia, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, the, the hypocrisy is, is is just really nauseating.
1: Absolutely, and it's hypocrisy because they benefit from that. If you make a person Im- invisible, people are not are, are going to accept whatever. They're going to accept the low salaries, and it's going to benefit. Uh, I mean, rich people that are hiring undocumented labor because they have will have no punishment. The same thing with big companies. They hire these other companies that are brokers and that they are the ones that hire undocumented migrants. So the big companies are not going to be punished for that. They hire the broker and they say, I'm hiring the company. So there is an illicit market. People that are undocumented pay their, their taxes because everybody in order to work in the United States need to have a social security number. There's a big market, black market for social security numbers and 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 and, and healthcare insurance. I have seen that. I have seen that in in L.A. in in um, MacArthur Park. If you go to mm-hmm. MacArthur Park looking like me, I'm going to be approached by a number of people like offering, and it's true. I have done it. Have done it. offering you a social security card exactly. and, and they and a mica they call it mica which is uh like a fake um uh document proving the 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 insurance healthcare insurance so you know i am going to be with, with the with the um, social security number i mean there's a black market but i am going to pay taxes or through an, an another type the uh, the um, Another form where it's not a social security number, but I'm going to pay taxes anyway. So people are paying taxes in order to work. They're going to pay taxes and there is a big black market. We need to do more research about that because authorities in this country, you know, you know, they they want to look to the other side. And they say, uh, I mean, the narrative is like they are not paying taxes, they are paying taxes, they yeah. are, uh, they are not receiving pensions, they are not receiving benefits that they that they would otherwise if if they are legal in this country, There are not pathways for them to be legal. And this yeah. is kind of a circle.
0: Well, I am out of time and I am just it's such a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much. Uh, Dr. Guadalupe Cabrera, Professor of Policy and Government at George Mason University, thank you for your advocacy and your work on this issue. And yeah, we've got to get louder in terms of countering these false narratives, providing the truth. Uh, and calling out this hypocrisy, you know, if you again, go to New York and go to Central Park and you see all of these little white kids being pushed in these very expensive buggies and carriages by, you know, women of color who are literally raising these little kids. So, uh, so much uh, to do in this area of immigration reform. Next voice that you hear be Robin Harris and the Raw Report right here on KBLA Talk 1580. Don't touch that dial.